became a Christian, the more fruitfulness you started to have, right? Not right. <laughs> it's right. The more you understood, the more fruitfulness you started to have in your life. And uh, this kind of shows us with the people that we've reached out to, for those who reached out, and then for the people who were reached, the, the key there is we need to help them and you need to seek to grow in your understanding. It's so, so, so important that you don't just uh, get excited about somebody connected with me on the street and now I'm coming to church, but that we take it deeper because our purpose is to establish you in the truth of the word so that you can live a fruitful life. Amen? Amen. You know, the, the, the slogan is, we want to help you discover a life of victory in Christ Jesus. Okay? Discover is the learning part. <laughs> you have to learn what it takes. You have to learn what is involved in that. And if we don't learn it, we never experience it. So we want to learn, which is called discipleship. We want to help people get established in the truth of the word. Amen? Amen. So as we are established in the truth, as we are discipled, then we mature and we grow up to be able to help mature other people, to help other people to be discipled. And so if you're feeling like, oh, I'm not a, a, a disciple, then you need to dig in. You need to get those roots firmly established. And if you are, you feel like you are established, then you need to be finding out, God, who have you put in my life that I can reach out to? Who have you put in my life that I can help establish? Amen? If you bring someone to church, don't just leave it there. Afterwards, ask them, hey, what did you get out of the message? How was the message for you? Help them understand. Make sure that, we, uh, that everybody understands the, the, the essence of what we're communicating. Amen? So for those of you who were here last week, especially for, if you were on the streets, uh, we overflowed. Right? You're very brave. <laughs> Nicola, to uh, sit in the same row. <laughs> and those of you who were here last week, uh, uh, you, if you're sitting, no, where's the tender? She's at the back, she's clever. <laughs> she learned. But I, I've got another bottle of water in my bag in case. You know, what you are conscious of determines the fruit that's manifesting in your life. What you are conscious of, okay, will determine the degree of fruitfulness that you experience. So this is, I want to talk about this a bit, because it's so important that we discover what salvation is about. We don't just, we're not just conscious of, I'm a Christian. But we are conscious or aware of what is a Christian. We're conscious or aware of who I am in Christ. One of the things I was encouraging the team, uh, that the teams that I was with when we were on the streets was, you know, when someone receives Christ, we don't just say congratulations and leave it there. But we now explain, this is what's taken place. You're now a child of God. You, when you, 
When we, we might be aware of that now because uh, we're in church and we're preaching and we're singing and we're enjoying the presence of God together and stuff. But then you go home and the problems that you had are still waiting for you. <laughs> and then on Monday you wake up to go to work and the problems that you had are still waiting for you. And we can kind of forget what happened on Sunday and we can kind of wait for the next Sunday in order to feel blessed again. But the reality is, is when we become a Christian, we become one with Him. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. We're joined to the Lord. We're one spirit with Him. His spirit is our spirit now. We are filled with His goodness, filled with His love, filled with His power, filled with His glory, filled with His ability. Now, if you are like me, for the last, uh, however long I've been a Christian, 20-something years, you, you, you don't, um, you, you realize that there's a lot of Christians that don't think like that. I didn't think like that for a lot of the time. I would come to church and enjoy the, 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 the presence of God, and, and I would leave and think, wow, I wish I could stay at church. Huh? But we don't realize that when we go home, we're taking the presence of God with us because we are now the temple of God. He's living in us. And so the problems that you're going home to are, should be coming into contact with the presence of God that's in you. Wherever you go, to the office, to the marketplace, you are a, 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 a temple of the living God and the problems and the things that you come into contact with, even the people, they should be coming to, into contact with the presence of God, which can transform and change the situation, their life, and everything. That's what we were talking about. With, you know, we are, are, are like these vessels, like this water bottle. Amen? And we are filled. The water in the Bible is referring to Holy Spirit. The moment we receive Jesus, we're filled with the Spirit. Now, this isn't full, but pretend it is. And then what happens for a Christian? Most of us, we take the lid, we put it on and we're like, hallelujah. I'm filled with the Lord, right? We, we close it up and we're just happy to, to exist like this. But, but, but the reality is, is like, what does it say in John chapter 10 verse 10? Jesus says, I have come to give you life abundance. It's talking about the Holy Spirit now dwelling in us, eternal life. Life abundant to the full. This is in full, but imagine it's full. Until it, the passion translation says, until you overflow. <laughs> Amen. So that's how we should be living. I wasn't aiming. <laughs> and it's holy water, so it would be a good idea, right? <laughs> It's holy because I touched it. <laughs> so the, the, the point is, is that we, we should be overflowing like that, but we've got to be aware. We've got to be conscious of that. What happens when you're in a challenging situation? Most of us say, oh God, where are you? Our response in a challenging situation should be, God, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you were not caught by surprise. Thank you, God, that you've got the answer for me. I just, and then you can pray in the Spirit and you can tap into the wisdom of God for that situation. We should not be living like the rest of the world. That when there's a crisis, they fall apart. We should not be living like mere men. 
We should be, we are supernatural because we've got the Spirit of God living in us. Enabling us, empowering us, wanting to live through us. Amen? But we need to be aware of that. What does that mean? Aware means you've learned it. Aware means you've become conscious of it. You're focusing on it. You're meditating on it. You're aware of it. Amen? And then, because you're meditating on it, think about that, that truth. It's a seed. It's, it's the Word of God. Now it's in you. And the more you're aware of it, the more you're focused on it, it's like seed that is starting to germinate. And it starts to produce a fruitfulness. Then you start to experience the fruit of God in your life. So, I mean, we've got to know what did God intend when He, he, he intended salvation. Okay? <clears throat> So, i ask you this question. I've asked it before here. But how close do you feel to God right now? Think about it. How close do you feel to God right now? Some of you came to church to feel close to God. When you go home, how close do you think you're going to feel to God? Tomorrow morning, when you go to, to work or you go to school and uh, there's a challenge or a, an unpleasant person <laughs> that you have to in interact with, how close will you feel to God in that, the midst of that uh, challenging situation? Now, whatever you answer, if you answer from 0 to 100, 100% to 0%, whatever you answer is correct for you. Because it's what you feel. But we don't go by what we feel. We go by what the Word of God says. 1 Corinthians 6.17 He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So that means you're one never to part. You're one never to be separated again. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, What God has joined together, let no man separate. We are joined unto the Lord. We are now married to Him, never to part ways. And so we should, we might not feel 100% close to God 100% of the time. But the truth is, we are 100% close to God 100% of the time. The problem is between our ears. The problem is we're not conscious or aware of the truth. We're not focused on the reality of our Christianity, which is I'm one with Him. I'm filled with His presence. I'm filled with His power. I'm filled with His glory. I'm filled with His love. Okay? The more we learned about, learn about what uh, happened to us at salvation, the more we can be empowered to step out and to, to live this life that we've, we've been called to live. But it's going to take a resetting of our default. A resetting of our default. What does that mean? Your default might be to panic in a situation and then pray. But now, you reset your default to in a, in a challenging situation, in a crisis, to pray. To, 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 to give thanks to God in all circumstances. Your default might be like, I feel far from God. Or God is far from me because I haven't been doing very well. You know, maybe you, you, you're struggling with something or whatever the situation is. You haven't read your Bible. I mean, it's a good thing to read your Bible and to pray. But maybe because of that, you feel far from God. Your default needs to be reset. And even before you read your Bible, you need to know that you're close to God. 
We don't read our, the Bible to get close to God. We read the Bible, we study the Word so that we can know more about Him, know more about the salvation that we have so that we can enjoy more of it. You cannot enjoy what you don't know. Sister Yulita said she's never heard of Karis Ministries until someone explained to her that we're here. We even got some signs put up outside so you didn't go across the road <laughs> when, you got, when you got lost. The point is, is that you, you could not be here if you didn't know about this. And for those who are part of this church, Karis, how many people out there still don't know where we are? That we've got to actually tell them. Because the Holy Spirit's trying to tell them. But they're not spiritual enough to, to, to discern that. <laughs> Amen? So, we've got to, the resetting ha happens really through discipleship. And through changing our way of thinking. And then as we change our thinking, we need to choose to be more conscious, aware of what's taking place in us and what's happening in this very moment. Go with me. Philemon. Philemon. How do you say it, Joe? Doesn't matter. Let's change it. Philemon. <laughs> 1 verse 6. Like when it comes to the, the book of Habakkuk. <laughs> when you're ministering to Afrikaans people, you have to say Habakkuk. <laughs> Philemon 1 verse 6. <laughs> that the communication of our faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. First thing, there are many good things in you because you're in Christ Jesus. His Spirit. This is not talking about anything tangible or carnal. This isn't talking about money. This is talking about the, the, the most valuable thing that anyone in this whole world could have. What is that? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. So often, people are, are, are even Christians, well-intending Christians are chasing the wrong things. We, 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 we want, you know, uh, uh, wealth, for example. So we, we, we try and make Christianity about wealth so that we can have what we want. And your money can burn. I don't know if I shared this, this story here before, but we've got in uh, one of our churches, we've got a missionary couple. Uh, he's from Greece and she's from Denmark. And uh, they've been in South Africa for uh, uh, maybe 15, 20 years. And uh, they've been part of Grace Life for a large part of that. And um, when they left... Europe to come as missionaries to South Africa, they uh, 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 not only left, they had been missionaries in, in India and all over the world already, but when they left permanently, their families said, you are crazy, because now they were forfeiting their pension, they were forfeiting all sorts of benefits that they have in the, in the, wherever they were living, I think it was in Denmark, and uh, their, their families said, you're, you're crazy, don't come running to us when you need money. Okay? About three, four years ago, there was a, a crisis. It was a, in Greece, I think. The, that's where the family was. E economic crisis and the <laughs> economy crashed. And this missionary couple in South Africa were sending money back to their families. <laughs> <laughs> that the communication of our faith. Yeah, the word communication is beautiful there because it's communion. 
It's fellowship. So the, the, the fellowship of your faith, what's that? It's, it's the intimacy, the relationship in your oneness with Christ, which God intends for it to produce. His intention for you is to produce, to have a fruitfulness in your life. And I'm sure that every single one of us, if we're honest, we desire a fruitfulness. What do we mean by fruitfulness? We'll, we'll talk about it now. But we, we desire more than just a, I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray, and that's it. We want something to come from that, right? And the good news is something does come from that. Something should come from that. Okay? The right knowledge will, will lead to a good harvest. So we need to make sure we're in the Word and receiving the right uh, message because the purity of the message is important. And then it should lead to an intimacy. An intimacy with, uh, with, with, with um, the Spirit. A relationship with the Spirit which is producing a fruitfulness. So that the communion and fellowship of your faith, your saving faith, the relationship of God with God that you have may become effectual, may become fruitful. How? By acknowledging. This is the thing. Acknowledging is recognizing what is. Acknowledging is not trying to get something. Acknowledging is recognizing what is. Okay? <clears throat> is, um, is Mutsa here? No. So if I acknowledge that Mutsa is here, their daughter, is Mutsa here? Don't get super weird spiritual on me. She's not here. <laughs> She's not sure. If I acknowledge that my wife, Marna, and my sons, William and Elliot, are here, are they here? No. Even if you can't see them, they're not here in spirit. They're just not here. Okay? They are in Cape Town. Okay? So if I acknowledge, as my, I, I acknowledge right now that my wife and children are here. I acknowledge that they're here. In the name of Jesus, I acknowledge that they are here. What's going to happen? I'll get tired. Amen? That's why so many of you are tired with your faith. Because yes. you're acknowledging something that isn't there. Amen. But what we need to do is acknowledge what we have in Christ. We're not creating what we have in Christ. We're recognizing it. I recognize that Simba is here this morning. Am I creating him to be here? No. I recognize that I am here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recognizing. So when you are recognizing or acknowledging that, that you are filled with His Spirit, filled with His power, you are not creating it. You are confessing, you're acknowledging, you're recognizing the, the reality of your position and your existence in Christ. You're recognizing something that is, even if you don't feel it. Especially when you don't feel it, you should be like, wow, I'm filled with your presence. I'm filled with your power. I'm filled with your love. One of the things that kept coming up for me when I was preparing and praying for the service is I feel like there's some, a, a number of people who are struggling with unforgiveness. And we'll talk about that. But with unforgiveness, one of the most important things you need to be acknowledging in your life is I'm filled with His love. I'm born of His love. God is love. Amen. I said this last week. God is love. Ephesians, well, that's in 1 John. And 1 John also says, I am born of God, which means I'm born of love, which means I am love. So if you're struggling to forgive someone, you don't try to forgive them. 
You need to acknowledge that you've got love, that you are love. Acknowledge your new position in Christ. We'll get there. We'll talk about something with that. But God's desire for us is that we manifest fruitfulness. We manifest power. We live like Jesus. Amen? John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that worketh hard, the works that I shall do, he shall also do. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Amen? I, I said that wrong. I quoted it wrong on purpose. <laughs> Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that fasts the works that I do, he shall also do. Amen? Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that is baptized the works that I do, he shall also do. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that confesses until he possesses. It says, he that believes. Now, if it's about believing, then the message is important. The message, if, believe, if it's about believing, then the message is important. The message that we hear determines what we believe, and what we believe is either a lie or it's truth. Jesus said that we will know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. So if you're not experiencing freedom... You're not believing truth. Hello? A lot of the time, we're like, it's not working. We don't see things working in our lives, and so what do we do? We, 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 we try and explain it away. But we never come to the, 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 the realization, or we don't want to acknowledge, because we're not humble, <laughs> that there's a possibility I might be wrong. We don't want to acknowledge that maybe what I believe is wrong, it's error, and that's why I'm not experiencing freedom and fruitfulness. Freedom and fruitfulness comes from the right message and then believing it. Okay, let's go to Galatians. Well, actually, I want to say something here first. John 14, verse 12. He that believes on me, the works that I do, he shall also do. You know that, that word works, we often kind of think about it in terms of heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Yes, it's fine. That, that fits in there. But we don't tend to think about love. We often don't think about love. We can love like Jesus. But that word is also pu pushing us towards um, the, the mission that Jesus lived. More than the works, just the works. It's the works that are encompassed in the mission that this is talking about. The mission that Jesus lived with all the fruit of that and the, the evidence with that, we can live like that. We often think about it in terms of uh, uh, we're going about our life, we're going to work, we're going to school, we're going to wherever, and we're just doing this and we're doing that, and then we want to do the same works as Jesus did in between that. Someone's sick, so we want to heal them. You know, we want to love on someone. We, 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 that's how we kind of think about it. But what this is trying to convey to us is that we can live a life of mission like Jesus and then see the same works that he saw in that mission. Where we're living a life of mission on purpose. And then I love what it says. Greater works shall he do. You know what that word do is implying? Produce. It's showing us fruitfulness. It's showing us the result of a Christian. 
A lot of times religion is telling us this is what you need to do as in action, as in, uh, 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 I don't know how to describe that, but, but as in something that you have to strive for. But what Jesus is showing us here is that the fruit of relationship with Him, the fruit of believing is fruitfulness. You plant a seed, you get a tree. If the tree is healthy, you get some fruit. Did you ever go past a, an avocado tree and it's going, avocados! And it's like pushing out avos. Or <laughs> it's working hard to produce. You know, in, in, in Stellenbosch, where we're coming from, one of the areas, there's lots of vineyards. And when it's, a, it's a, just before harvest time, before the, when the grapes are starting to come out, it's very noisy. Very noisy. <laughs> You, you, you drive there, you've got to put your music on, the window's up, because the vineyards are screaming, trying to produce grapes. It doesn't happen like that. It's effortless. It's effortless. When we are just resting in who we are in Christ, we produce. Okay, so look at me at uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. There's a lot of stuff that we can say in this, and I just want to touch on one or two things here. But if we go up, firstly, just to 19. The works of the flesh are manifest. These are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, stri wrath uh, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, revelings, uh, etc., Okay, so this is now showing the works of the flesh. Effort, works, effort. Then it says in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, something that is naturally produced because of the Spirit of God, is love, joy, peace, patience or long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And so the point I'm wanting to bring out from that is the fruit of the Spirit, a produce of the Spirit. Okay, you go look at Romans chapter 8, I think it's verse uh, 6. It's not 6, but it's there. It says uh, that, that um, it is 6, that you, um, um, he that doesn't have the Spirit of Christ is none of you. So it's saying that you as a believer have the Spirit of God. Okay, that's Christianity. There's no such thing as a Christian without the Spirit of God. There's no such thing. As a Christian, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You don't experience it because you don't know it, because you, you don't know what to, you can't acknowledge it, because you haven't been taught it. You haven't discovered it. Once you discover it, once you understand it, you can acknowledge it, you can recognize it, and you can experience it. Okay? But <clears throat> the natural byproduct of being a Christian is this, the fruit, what it's talking about. Now, this is describing the nature of Christ, and it's describing you and I. If you look at the works of the flesh, and you look at the fruit of the Spirit, which one do you want? <laughs> which one do you prefer? Okay, let's look. Which one do you prefer in your spouse, or your family, or your friends? We all want everybody else to have... Be, be, if, to be described by the fruit of the Spirit, right? Yeah. Because it becomes easier to live with them. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's why it says, against such there is no law. 
Because now, if we're operating in the fruit of the Spirit, I don't have to tell you to do right. I don't have to make laws for our relationships to be governed. Because it's, it's, it's just heaven on earth. Is it? So, 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 this is what we should be seeing in ourselves and desiring uh, that we would express this fruit. I say express because it's already inside of us. You're not trying to become more loving. You're not trying to get patience, trying to get this. You're recognizing that this is inside of you and now you need to allow it out. And the recognizing it and focusing on it is helping to determine the fruitfulness. Now you will have decisions to make in that process of I need to be more loving like, like Christ because Christ is in me. Okay, there, there, there comes a decision. It doesn't just happen automatically. You need to step into it. The same way you stepped into this building. No one just woke up and you were here unless someone drug you. Okay? But if you look at it, what's, what's very interesting with this, this passage in Galatians 5, I don't know if you saw this or didn't see this, but there is no fruit of unforgiveness. There's no fruit of unforgiveness. You know, think about it like this. 1 John says, 4.17, As he is, so are we in this world. So this is, as he is, so are we in this world. The moment you receive Jesus, you become just like him. But you don't act like him all the time right so now we need to start to come into harmony with what our true nature is and start to live like jesus in the way we love people in the way we serve people in living a life of mission etc but if you look into jesus think about this if you can't see it in jesus it shouldn't be seen in you if you can see it in jesus it's in you if you can't see it in Jesus, it shouldn't be seen in you. So let's, let's, let's look at it like this. Because I often hear believers say something like, I just can't forgive so-and-so. I often hear that. Okay, let's look at Jesus. Let's make a list quickly. If you, if you know the Gospels and you see his interactions with people, how many people did Jesus not forgive? Okay, who's the first person? Maybe the, the, the guy who whipped him. Maybe, maybe, okay, not somebody else. Pilate? Who else did Jesus not like, hold a grudge against? But maybe the guy who put the nails. Because that's quite mean. Huh? He, he's, he, hung, he hung on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. If you see that kind of forgiveness in Jesus, we can, that, that's what's in you and that's what we should be seeing out of you. There's no room for unforgiveness in our lives as Christians. No place at all, whatsoever, under any circumstance. And I know bad things happen to good people. I know horrible things happen to people. I, I'm a pastor. I counsel lots of people. I sit with lots of people. I hear their, so, their horror stories. Not sob stories, horror stories. I know bad things happen. You know, sometimes I want to go and box people. 
Yeah, the one, one couple I was recently sitting with, well, uh, uh, it ended up only being the lady that I was sitting with uh, 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 and her children. And I was like, let me at him. You know, I wanted to go and box the, the, the husband <laughs> because he's, he's making stupid decisions. Someone needs to help him. <laughs> a little bit of fivefold ministry helps now. <laughs> But the point is, is that you know, we have to sometimes put ourselves in, 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 the, in, in the, this thought of how would Jesus deal with this situation? There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. And, and, and you know, just because you're, you're being abused or someone's hurt you doesn't mean you have to allow them close to you. Okay? Forgiveness is not holding a debt against someone. So if, 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 if Pastor Isaac has, has, has done something against me and I'm forgiving him, it means you don't owe me anything. What, what do I mean? You don't even owe me an apology. I don't expect you to say sorry. That's how much I've released you from your debt that you owe me. But let's say he stole some money from me, which he's not done. <laughs> but let's say he stole some money from me. I might just lock my door and not allow him to go into my room when I'm not there. I might keep my wallet close and not uh, give him my bank card or something like that because I don't trust him. But he doesn't owe me anything. Can you see the difference? So let's look at Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read this in a couple different translations. Keep in mind, if you can see it in Jesus, it's in you. And that should be seen by other people in you. If you can't see it in Jesus, we shouldn't see it in you. Okay? <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, or 5, sorry, verse 1 and 2. King James, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ has also loved us, and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour. There's so many things in this, but we're just scratching the surface again. What I want to show you is it's saying that we are children of God, and as children of God, we're following Him. We should be imitating Him. We should look like Him. The apple shouldn't fall far from the tree. The apple shouldn't fall far from the tree. People should go look at you and go, wow, you're just like your father. Not like what Jesus said to some people. You're of your father, the devil. <laughs> When people look at you, are they saying, oh, you're of your father, the devil? Or are they saying, you're just like your father, God? I, I, it's like when I, I messaged Pastor Isaac to say what time my flight was landing. <laughs> I started off by messaging him and saying, you are so gracious and compassionate. <laughs> and then he messaged, he didn't quite get it. And then I said again, something like, um, you are so uh, 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 forgiving and patient. <laughs> And then I said, uh, I'm landing at 1 a.m. <laughs> and he said, no problem. And I responded and said, you are just like your father. <laughs> who never slumbers nor sleeps. <laughs> People should be able to see God in us and Jesus in us. Amen? That was a conversation, right? <laughs> You know, the irony is, is that the flight was delayed by an hour and a half. <laughs> and so it was 2.30 that I landed. Anyway, look at the Amplified Classic here. 
Therefore, be imitators of God. In brackets, copy him. Follow his example. As well-beloved children, imitate their father. You know, a lot, I, I quickly realized when I, when I, with William and Elliot, I quickly realized that they do what I do and they don't do what I say. So I had to be very careful. <laughs> I had to go, okay, do I want them to do this or don't I want them to do this? I better stop that. You know, I better do it like this. I better, you, know, you, you realize like, okay, they're imitating. They're not just listening. But what I like about this is it's saying, the more you hang out with God, the more you fellowship with Him, the more you enjoy this communion with Him, the more you become like Him. Now, I know that you're just like Jesus and your spirit and all that. That's not good enough for the world. That's not good enough for us. <laughs> we want you to start looking like Jesus in your actions. In your giving. <coughs> you know, in the way that we live our lives, we should be like Jesus. Generous, loving, kind. Especially towards each other. Why? Because Jesus said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. By your love for one another. Not by your wonderful knowledge. Not by your lovely church building. But by your love for one another. Love is something that's not just in the heart, it's expressed. Love is something that we see in action. I see my brother in need and I help them. Uh, where I can. We're not, we can't be the answer for everyone's problems and all their problems, but we can help. We can be a blessing. Amen? Amen. 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 Verse 2. Walk in love. A lot of... Uh, I'm a grace, a grace person. Amen? But a lot of grace people don't like words like walk. <laughs> they want to sit. <laughs> they, I want to sit on Daddy God's lap and just eat from the fridge and, you know, just do what I want to do. And Daddy God is just going to love on me and Daddy God. And it's like, yes, that's lovely. But there's a walk that needs to take place. We need to walk in the Spirit. Ha! Huh. It says walk. Walk in the Spirit. We need to walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another. That's what the, the Bible here is describing love for us. Esteeming and delighting in one another. Myself, uh, a second to Pastor Isaac and Rebecca. I've been here longer than most of you, or, or, all of you, in, in Karis ministry. <laughs> because we were here from 2011. So some of you have also been there to tender. <laughs> but but uh, the rest of you, uh, I'm, I'm almost a founding member. <laughs> Okay, but even though every year when we come, there's new people and people have left, and you know there's the the the, the exchange that happens in in church. But we esteem and delight in you guys. That's love. It's not a, a burden to be here. It's a joy for us to be here. And in church, in the family of God, that's how we should be with one another. We delight to see each other. We, 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 and we esteem, we, we highly regard one another. Amen? We don't look down on one another. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A slain offering and sacrifice for you so that it became a sweet, sweet fragrance. Look at the message. 
I see the amplified messes it a little bit there. <laughs> uh, the message, verse uh, 1. Watch what God does. How can you watch what God does if you aren't looking to God? See, knowledge is important. Understanding is important. Teaching is important. We need to be sitting in good word. You know, one of the comments, I don't know if someone gave this comment that's here today. One of the comments that, that came from uh, uh, one of the teams that went out that was that, I think you actually said it even, someone said that, um, ah, wow, you know, in this short time of, of fellowshipping with you, I have never heard someone teach with so much scripture. <laughs> that's a pity, especially since they go to a church. But a lot of churches, it's a, a verse and it's a poem and then maybe a, a dance and a song and... It's like, how can you live off of that? It's entertaining. But we are not here for your entertainment, although I'm pretty entertaining. It's not entertainment that we're after, it's maturity. And maturity comes through teaching. Teaching needs to be endured sometimes because you're tired, your mind is drifting, or whatever the case is. But if you're serious about becoming a mature believer, established and fruitful, what do you need to do? Dig in. Seek understanding. And the more that we're in the Word, the more we're fellowshipping with the Father, we can then see what He does and do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Listen here. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. It's true that you become like the people you hang out with. You become like the people you hang out with. Okay? You know, what does the Bible say? Bad company corrupts good character. Good company corrupts bad character <laughs> as well. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, it's like, you know, we want baby Christians, unbelievers to be hanging around with us, not so that they can influence us, but we can influence them. But you need to be strong to be able to do that. The more we fellowship with the Father, fellowship with the Spirit, the more we're enjoying just praying in the Spirit and, and digging into the Word, you know what should happen? We sh he should rub off on us in the way that we live, in the way that we, we, we deal with people. Keep company with Him and learn a life of love. You know, a lot of the time, people don't catch what you talk about, they catch what you've got. So I can be talking about love and telling you how to love people and then if I'm not operating in love, afterwards you'll know it. You know, maybe because I, 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 I can just explode or I don't know what. <laughs> Do something, you know, just, just not love on people. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of Himself to us. Love like that. You know, you, you cannot love anybody without knowing the love of the Father, without knowing Christ's love for you. Amen? You cannot love anybody unless you've got love. Okay? I, if this bottle was empty, I would not be able to throw water at you. Because I don't have water to throw, but I do have water to throw. So I can throw some water. The point being is that you cannot give what you do not have. The same thing with offering. If you don't have money, God's not expecting you to give money. 
He, 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 he wants to give to you more than you want to, to give to Him. And more than He wants you to give to Him. Giving is important. It's helpful for the kingdom. It's good for us. But the point is, is that you cannot give what you do not have. Okay? You, you can't love someone if you have received and experiencing God's love. If you're not conscious or aware of the love of God which dwells in you, you cannot love other people. You'll struggle. You know, I, I, I've had many experiences like this, but I'll use Pastor Isaac as an example. It's been amazing for me to, to just, uh, uh, over the years, see how he interacts with people who left in a horrible manner. Maybe you don't even know that. But he's interacted, he's ministered to them, he's loved them, he ignores what they've done, and he just ministers to them and loves them and whatever. And then they even get the message eventually. And they become part of the ministry. Because of walking in love. It's a decision to walk in love and not hold records of other people's wrongs. How many of you are glad that God doesn't hold records of your wrongs? How many of you like it when other people hold records of your wrongs? We don't like it. I'm glad my wife doesn't do that. <laughs> She'll listen to this as well. But I love it because it's like, a, a, you know, she, she never says to me, you know, in 2012. <laughs> wada, 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 wada. You know, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. <laughs> That's my kind of flagship. <laughs> he, uh, uh, we were sitting with this, this couple once, and... Um, he, he's recently done some very bad things and horrible things. And now they're trying to work on it and deal with it. And um, she's trying not to talk about it all the time and bring it up because it's, she feels bad for making him look bad, even though it is the truth. Okay? And um, <laughs> he's like, you know what? Eight years ago, you know what she did? <laughs> Eight years ago, she, 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 she saw an ex of hers and she was... Uh, and he was um, she, I don't know, she spoke to him. Or something like ridiculous like that. And she's like, you recently had an affair. <laughs> like, this is eight years ago. I said, sorry, we've moved on. <laughs> Let's talk about the drugs that you're dealing with right now. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow. He keeps on holding on to something that wasn't even something eight years ago. But isn't it amazing how God doesn't remember what you did this morning because he's chosen to not remember it because he's dealing with you in love. Now what you did this morning might have consequences and effects in this life because and that's why we need to walk in love and we need to walk in the truth. We need to live in the spirit. But when God deals with us, he's dealing with love and that's constant forgiveness. There's never a moment when God is saying, I cannot believe that you did that. I'm whole. You need to repent some more. You need to fast a little bit and then I'm going to accept you. This is what religion tries to put on us. I felt like that for years. And I would fast because I feel bad. I would fast because I feel like, wow, maybe God will accept me if I fast longer. And then I'd be half dying because I'm not eating and I'm walking to work in the heat of the Durban summer and I'm half falling over on the street and thank God someone sees me and they give me a lift and you know it's like crazy when God is never feeling he's never got negative thoughts towards you 
His intention for you is only ever good. He only ever blesses. He never curses. Amen? So we need to understand that love. And when we know that His love for us is so rich, what does it do? It causes us to love other people. Out of the overflow and the riches of knowing His love for us, we can love other people. So if you're struggling to forgive someone, don't, don't be like, oh, I better forgive them, because that's what the Bible says. You've got the wrong heart there. Then you, You've got to start off with, Father, help me to know your love. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've forgiven me. As far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed my transgression from me. Thank you, Father, that my sin and iniquity you remember no more. That your nature is forgiveness and you've never held anything against me. 2 Corinthians 5 says, you know, that while we yet sin, well, no, no, not that one. It says that, that he was not imputing men's trespasses unto them. So even when, before he sent Jesus, he wasn't holding sin against us. When we think about his goodness, when we think about his love and how much he's forgiven us, what happens? We cannot help but become love. We cannot help but forgive people. For, release them of their debts and treat them better than they deserve. That's grace. God deals with you better than you deserve. He doesn't treat you as you deserve. He treats you better than you deserve. So if we want to imitate God, if we want to be like our Father, we need to treat people better than they deserve. That's supernatural. You can't do that in yourself. You cannot do that with your own effort. You can only do that in the, 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 the strength of the Spirit of God living in you. But this is who you are now. This is what you've become. This is the fruitfulness that should come from our lives. So what are you conscious of? Because if you're conscious of this, it becomes your reality. Amen? Amen. You know, we, 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 <clears throat> we can easily find that, um, or be, uh, confess and say, you know, I believe I'm full of the Spirit. I believe I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe God's always with me, whatever. But let's take this to another level for a moment. Okay? Someone say, take me deeper, Papa. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Don't say that. <laughs> uh, I know all your tricks. <laughs> you know, Ephesians 1.13. Let's read this. King James, Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13 we, 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 we want to look at our reality, our position and we want to take it a little bit deeper in terms of how to express the fruit in our lives how to live like Jesus okay <clears throat> in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You believed and then 
you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The, the, the Spirit that was promised from the beginning. And so now, you've got the Spirit. Now, because you believed, not because you fasted, not because you were baptized, not because you did anything, because you did a ritual, because you were circumcised or whatever, not because you were born into a Christian family, not because you went to church, not because you prayed, not because you did some good things, but because you believed the gospel, you received the Spirit, which is salvation. Okay? Look at the New Living Translation. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. Okay? Whom He promised long ago. From Genesis through to Malachi, this was the promise. Salvation, the Spirit of God coming to dwell in us. And when you believed the message... You, you received the Spirit. He gave you His Spirit. And you know what happened? When you believed and you received the Spirit, He identified you as His own. Did you know that God doesn't... He's not kind of looking at you as some distant, separate creature down there that He needs to throw some seeds at, you know, to feed. And He's like, shame, you know, let's put some rain there for them. And uh, He doesn't treat you like that. He, God doesn't see you as separate from Him. He looks at us and he's like, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. How, how, where, where, how, my bone and my flesh are part of me. It's, I'm one with it. That's how he sees you. You are one with him. You are one with him. You need to see yourself like that. You are one with him. Bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. You are one with him because his spirit now lives in you. When he gave you his spirit, he identified you as you belong to me. Amen? But when was the last time you connected with that? Because this can always just be in our heads and we know this and it's awesome and whatever, but we need to... Take it a little bit deeper in a sense of, you know, we can be singing and worshiping God without connecting with God. We can be reading our Bible and learning about God without connecting with God. We can be having a devotional time. You can be faithful to your devotional time and very proud of your faithfulness to your devotional time. But you might not even be, be connecting with God. You can know the Bible from, from cover to cover and not be connecting with God. The Spirit of God can be living inside of you and you're not connecting to Him. See, the reality of our Christianity is that we're connected with Him 24-7, 365. There's never a moment you're not connected. Okay? He's not like Zetzer. Amen? He's better than Zetzer. You are connected continuously. He's better than our ESCOM. Okay? But a lot of the time, we are failing to recognize our oneness, our union with Him. We're more just uh, going through the motions. I want to challenge you, the next time you pray, we'll do it in a moment. When we pray in a moment, don't just be like, and, and get into the mode, and it's all just external, but make it internal of... Thank you, Father, in your heart. Thank you that you're here. 
Thank you that I'm one with you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Thank you that that is true and it's, I can trust you. You're, when you're in a moment uh, uh, like uh, by yourself at home, take time to be like, thank you, Father. You know, it's nice to sing and it's nice to read the Bible and stuff like that. We must do that. But take it to your heart and go, wow. This is, I can live this at heart level with you, Father. I can experience your love in my heart. I can, you know, I'm sure all of us can say we've experienced the goodness of God. Okay? You're all alive. <laughs> you've all seen rain. You've all experienced the sunshine. You've experienced the goodness of God. No matter what tragedies and, and, and bad things you've had happen, you've experienced the goodness of God. A lot of unbelievers out there, they've experienced the goodness of God. But in their heart, they haven't acknowledged that and experienced that, and that's why they don't know it. Don't know Him. We need to get to that place of allowing the goodness of God and His love to impact us on an emotional level. We're not led by our emotions, but if what we believe doesn't impact our emotions, we have to ask, do I really believe this? When someone dies, for example, you know, you can experience the goodness of God in your emotions there. And that's where we want to. It shouldn't just be a thing of, my emotions are a mess, but I know that God is with me and I know that uh, this loved one is with the Lord or whatever. It shouldn't be like that. A disconnect between our, what we think we believe and what we feel we believe. We need to bridge them together. We need to connect with Him in our hearts and allow that flow of love and life to be there. But a lot of the time... <clears throat> There's things holding us back from that. There's things holding us back. What, what would be holding us back? Just the feeling that we're not good enough. <clears throat> the feeling like he's, he's, he's holding our sins against us. He's, he's not treating us better than we deserve. He's treating us as we deserve. God is a good God. He's a good Father. You know, we, can, we don't just have to go to, to the Father's house, so to speak, and enjoy their fridge and, and just enjoy what He's got in His house and, you know, without enjoying Him. There's benefits to God, yes, but He is the greatest benefit. Connect with Him. You might not know how. Just, just ask Him. Father, help me to connect with You. Minister to me in this area of my heart even, Father. So let's just, let's just close our eyes for a moment. Father, I thank you right now that we wouldn't, uh, well, that we would be impacted by your spirit to such a degree that if any of us are like Pharisees, that we're focusing on the, uh, the principles and the regulations and, 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 and all that kind of stuff, that, that we would move to the, 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 the realm of knowing you. That if we're, we're being like grace Pharisees who say they know the, the grace doctrine and, and we can teach grace, but we're not experiencing grace and people aren't experiencing grace with us, that, Father, you would impact our hearts and take it to a heart level. That, that people would experience you in us. Thank you that we are one with you, Father. That we are, are, are always connected to you. And I just pray for every single brother and sister here this, this, this day that they would just experience your power, the power of your love right now, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. I just feel like someone, you, 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 what's in your heart right now is you're saying, I, I feel like I'm in a dark place. I feel like I'm going through just this dark place right now. Is there anybody that, that's here like that while the eyes are closed? Just put up your hand if you feel like you're going through a dark place. I feel like the Lord's just reminding me of that verse for you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil because I am with you. My rod and my staff, they will sustain you. I just feel like the Lord's just wanting to remind you that you're walking through. You're not camping in this dark place. You're walking through. It's going to pass. But you need to keep walking. Don't stop walking forward. Don't stop walking in love. Don't stop moving forward with Him by His Spirit. He is sustaining you. He is helping you to get through this time. Don't stop. You know, when you're tired, He'll refresh you. Allow Him to refresh you. When you get weary, allow Him to give you the perspective and the vision that you need to keep moving in that direction. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Don't fear because He's with you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. His love is sustaining you. His love is upholding you. His love will refresh you. Father, I just speak right now. Just a release over that life in the name of Jesus. Just refreshing by your spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you for strength and vision to endure the dark times, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we glorify you. We, we worship you. We thank you that we can have such favor with you. We thank you that we are never out of your good books. But you are treating us better than we deserve because you, we, we, we are your righteousness. We just, we just thank you, Father. Your ministry is always good towards us. It's always uplifting. It's always restoring. There's a number of you here that, that, that need hope restored in your heart in some area of your life. If that's you, just stand up. If you feel like hope has been shaken and, and you are not uh, in a place of being filled with hope or a hope-filled expectation, then God is just wanting to minister to you. So just stand up where you are. If you feel like you have no hope for the future, there's no positive expectation in moving forward in your life, then just stand up where you are. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. Now the, the word says those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. When your trust and your focus is on Him and your relationship with Him, then you've got a hopeful expectation. Pride will keep you from acknowledging your need. And when you fail to acknowledge that need, you cannot receive the answer. But it's okay. Because you can turn to God at any moment and receive that hope and that, 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 that ministry, that restoration. Just means that when you don't respond to the word of the Lord, you, you miss out. And so Father, I pray for whoever that was for that is missing out right now. That's missing out on the restoration of hope. I thank you, Father, that they will go to a, a leader and they will, will receive ministry further so that they can receive what you are wanting to give them for the, the, the journey ahead. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I just feel like the Lord is wanting to encourage you guys as a, as a church family. And I just feel like your, your future is bright. And I can just see this, this picture of this, 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 this bright light, but it's small. But it's just increasingly growing. Increasingly growing. And if you're part of this family, then your strength, as you become established, the, the, you are helping to increase the light. And the, the increased light will draw people. The increased light will draw people. But it's also a, 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 like a beacon of hope to the nations. And I just feel like I'm saying that the, the, your light is reaching further than you, you, you imagine. But it's going to go even further than it is going right now. Father, we thank you that the message which is in this house is going to produce such a great fruitfulness that's going to impact people around the world. Thank you that it's instrumental in, in helping to bring correction and restoration of, of, of uh, your heart. And thank you, Father, that uh, many will come to know you and many will step into freedom because of the lives in this room because of the sacrifices in this room, because of the generosity in this room, because of the way that the people in this room are responding to your message. Thank you, Father. It may not be a, a, a flashy, it may not be um, sensational, it may not be entertaining, but I thank you, Father, that it is life-transforming and it is eternally impacting. I just feel like an invitation for, for you, uh, 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 for all of you. God's giving you the invitation. Be part of the wildfire that's spreading from here. Be part of the wildfire. As you, as you get on fire and as you add to, you, 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 you're walking in the vision and you, you're going in the, the direction that this house is going. You're part of the wildfire. 
Some of you won't stay here. Some of you will jump to different nations when you're ready, when God releases you, and you will be uh, uh, starting a wildfire there. But you've got an invitation, an opportunity to be part of a wildfire that goes from this place. Thank you, Father. I just speak blessing over Pastor Isaac and Pastor Rebecca. And Father, we just thank you for them, for their leadership. We speak blessing over them. We thank you, Father, for an increase of vision. We thank you, Father, that you uh, are raising them up and have raised them up for such a time as this. We speak your protection over them, Father. We thank you that you put more people around them to uh, uh, support them, to, to strengthen them, to encourage them, to help them to be able to, to, to do what you've called them to do so that the blessing of the Spirit in them would flow to even more people. Thank you for the, the leaders which they are impacting, Father, which are impacting many people who are following those leaders. We speak blessing over them as a family, Father. We thank you for your favor on their life. We thank you for the privilege and the blessing that we all have to be connected to them in the way that we are and to receive from them. In Jesus' name.